had a fun week, had a trying week. Um, we've had like all these things go wrong. We had, um, some of these are first world problems, but uh, we had a refrigerator go out, our washing machine go out, our hot tub thing had an issue, had a leak in our pool. I had a showdown with a raccoon, but we've had a fun week. And uh, one of the highlights was uh, early in the week, we played Battleship online through an app with a young couple, Jason and Kelsey. Um, I hate to admit that they did whoop us really bad, but we've been doing creative things just to connect with some people, and so Battleship was definitely a highlight. Um, we had family night last night. That was a total blast. We uh, took four-wheeler rides. We played volleyball. We did a lot of the things with the kids as we've been working a lot and actually pulling some extra hours through these few weeks. But one of my best highlights is, and I hope that when Nicole said, whoever's in the room with you, you hug, I know there's some firemen watching right now, and some of those firemen helped out to give me a haircut. So I heard that there were haircuts going on at one of our fire stations, and this guy, this cool dude named Jesse, was like, he's giving fire haircuts. So I got a haircut, and I go up there. There's like a little barber shop set up, and uh, no, they were not charging. They were not conducting business on duty. They were just helping brothers, helping brothers, and uh, I think his slogan is something like, good enough haircuts. They're just good enough. So I've got a good enough haircut, uh, but then I'm sitting in the chair, and I see talcum powder and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, uh, my friend Ben comes in. He's playing a ukulele. So I'm getting, like, pure entertainment and uh, getting a haircut. So honestly, it was one of my favorite haircuts of all time and definitely the most memorable. So thanks, guys. Uh, glad you're tuning in today. And Nicole approved. So it's a good haircut. So, good week. It's been a good week, and uh, excited, obviously, to, to relaunch next week. But as you're sitting there right now, I'm going to get into a message. Just begin to share the stream, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on uh, Facebook Live, or if you're just watching from the website, I uh, would definitely uh, just share it. Text it. Share the link on your streams or whatever, um, because what I'd like to do is just tag onto the areas in which uh, Nicole and I spoke. It's been kind of a three-week series, so I'd like to just briefly catch you up if you're just tuning in for the first week. She started with this heart into Ezekiel, and the Lord just began to open up things and reveal things to her and give her revelation in Ezekiel. So she started the first week in Ezekiel 36 and 37, 37 being the valley of dry bones. And I know that this season looks like a valley of dry bones, and many of us are here, and many of us are, are looking like, honestly, some of the areas look desolate economically, maybe our employment, maybe the business you own, or, or just some of the situations you're facing. Maybe you're one that knows somebody that was affected by, by COVID-19, or lost a loved one, or, or was severely ill. Some of these situations look grim, but the Valley of Dry Bones is an exercising of our faith and a trust in the Lord that, that even though things look bad, God brings life where things look like they're dead. And I find it interesting that the dry bones came to life and they began to rattle and shake and, and shift. And that's a lot of the things that's been happening in our hearts. And Nicole was talking and sharing about that, that, that these things in a valley, when we're in that valley, all of a sudden, oftentimes, that's, that's where things begin to shatter, sh uh, shatter and, and shake and, and make noise and, and begin to reveal things in our heart. I find it interesting that the bones came to life before they had skin on them. A lot of times we want to get our life in order. We want to, we want to make things perfect, and we want to, we want to be in that realm of, of like uh, making, get our life right before we get baptized. I like what Joyce Meyer said once. She says, you, you don't need to be uh, um, righteous as much to get, a, to get a baptism as you do clean to take a shower. Meaning, if my heart's postured to the Lord, he takes care of everything else. And all of a sudden, I say yes, and then what he does is, in the process, he purifies me. He gives me that heart of righteousness, holiness. 
So, and then the other thing is, then when they came to life, they formed an army. Listen, dead things don't come to life just to be alive. Dead things come to life to be alive and have purpose. And today you have purpose, so no matter what the valley that you've gone through in life, maybe through addiction, maybe through a divorce, maybe through hardships in your life, maybe through this season of these last couple months, but dead things come to life, and these things we get to work on not just, not just for us to come alive and just for ourselves, but to become an army to go to battle and have purpose. Last week we followed up with it, and we called it heart, um, what was it, holiness, heart, and happiness. And we talked about like the heart of holiness and all these things continuing in Ezekiel. Today, I want to move into Ezekiel 47, the river of life, the river of healing. And I'm just going to read Ezekiel 47, the first several verses there. And uh, so I don't know if we'll be able to get those on the screen or not today. Uh, but I want to let you know that just Ezekiel 47, I'll be reading. If you can grab a Bible or a phone that you're maybe not streaming through or something. Otherwise, I'll just read it to you. Ezekiel 47, the first 12 verses. I want to go through this river and then just make a few points. And uh, then we'll, we'll end with communion and prayer and, and uh, some maybe a little activation. But Ezekiel 47, I'll be reading New Living Translation. In my vision. So it's, it's interesting to know that Ezekiel, this, this prophet, is speaking to the Jews in captivity or, or as they're in Babylon. This is a season of, of captivity. It's a season of exile. So this is what he's speaking to, and that gives us some clarity for the direction and what, what he's speaking hope for, what he's speaking faith, what he's speaking trust. And, and I just want to read this. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple and passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Verse 3, measuring as he went, he took me along the stream 1,750 feet or 500 meters, almost a third of a mile, and it then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. They went the same distance as this time the water was up to my knees. They went the same distance again and the water was up to his waist. Verse 5, then he says he measured another 1,750 feet. So they are traveling a journey here. Sometimes we just, we just want to get right in and, and rush through things. But sometimes it's this journey. Sometimes it's this, it's this process that brings us to this reality of God's perfection in us. So a lot of times, like David, he was a young boy, and, and, and he was selected to be king, but it was the journey, the process of his life that he actually built character to withstand the crown of Zion later to rule and reign as a king. A lot of times, we just want to fast forward. No, no this was a journey, and, and a lot of times, last week, Nicole and I co-spoke, and I said, it's not about perfection, it's about a process. Well, I'm not perfect. I've got, I've got stuff I work out. I've got, I've got issues still. I've got, I, I fall short. I fall to temptation at times, but I'm in process. And my heart is pat, postured to the Lord. And just like David said, he was a man after God's own heart. I love David. And I love these stories. So, so in this journey, then the last portion, another 500 meters, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. So it says, then he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. So they went across again. Now, now imagine this journey. First it was ankle, then knee deep, then waist deep. Then they were all in. Then it says, he asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back the riverbank. Verse 7, when I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. Now I just want to go back to a couple of verses here. 
First off, this is not only a message of faith. And, and as I think about getting all in the river, I grew up in the, the Bradford area and we would fish and, and tube down the Stillwater River and we would fish for rock bass and it was a, a lot of fun growing up that way. And drive through orchards, worked at an orchard and, and would ice skate in the winter on the pond and in the, the slow areas of the, of the river. But I remember tubing and I remember wading down and I remember going and, and a lot of times you'd want to fight or if you'd lose your friends, you'd try to keep up and, and come back. And, and let me just tell you, there's something freeing about when you start, there was these rocks and kind of like little mini rapids. And as we'd hit that, we'd bounce and just go and there was no turning back at that point. This, this, this set of scriptures, Ezekiel, you gotta understand that a river, especially going from the temple to the desert to a people that's in captivity or a people uh, that's, that's you know, in this situation in Babylon, this is a message of freedom, that the river will take them. The other thing is, it's a message of faith. Do we wanna stop and just be content at ankle deep or knee deep or, or waist deep or do we wanna go all in? And my family, occasionally we play like Texas Hold'em and, and there's that moment at Thanksgiving that we play and it's just for fun. I'm not endorsing gambling at all. But there's this moment that, that usually me and the kids and my family, we need to go to another Thanksgiving. And it gets to that point about usually a half hour in this game, no matter the hand I have, I'm all in <laughs> because I have to leave. And every once in a while it backfires and, and somebody calls, they don't call my bluff or whatever and I win it all. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I was trying to leave and just lose it all. There's this point in our faith where we just need to be all in. So it's not only exercising freedom, but faith, but also trust. There's this position on that tube when we would go down those rapids where there was no turning back. We were committed. And now we just trust that we're going to make it to the other end. And as 10, 12-year-old boys, that, that was, you know, those rapids were probably really tiny. But as a young boy, they looked huge and it looked the exhilarating and it was this big thing. Now, I don't know. I, I probably today could go back and walk and they're probably knee-deep. I don't know. But it's this thing of like once you're all in, you're committed. Now you're trusting the Lord. No longer am I in control of my life or my agenda or my purpose. Now the Lord is because I'm all in. Now I find this part interesting because now they're getting to the part of the trees and it says in verse eight, the waters of the stream will make salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. Verse nine, there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. I wanna get back to that. I wanna get back to, 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 to water and what it refreshes and what it does. And sometimes we think valleys are hard to go through, but that's where the streams flow. That's where nutrients flow. That's where the waterways make, make, make their streams and they go. And that's where the nutrients are. I know there's a mountain on every side of every valley and on the other side of every valley. And, and I know many of you are going through a valley right now, but there's a mountain waiting for you on the other side. And like Gideon, you can get on that mountain and you can praise from a different perspective, even if you're in the valley of dry bones. He won that battle in a low place at a campfire when the Lord said he would win the battle. Then he goes up to the mountain and through praise and worship begins to clang things and, and light things and, 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 and blow trumpets. And all of a sudden, the, the enemy that they were facing turned against each other and won. So as, as we go in these low places in these valleys, there is a mountain waiting for us. But here's the thing. Those valleys, they carry the nutrients. Then we get on here. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way from Engedi to Engliam. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. But the marshes and swamps will not be purified. They will still be salty. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. 
There will be a new crop every month, and from, for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. I find it interesting that he didn't note the fruit or the trees until after he had went all the way into the river. Many times in our life, we, we may not see the big perspective. We may not see the fruit in our life. We may not see the fruit of this trial or this circumstance. We may not see the purpose of it. But once we go all in in the river and we just trust the Lord and we get to the other side, all of a sudden our eyes are open and we realize that it was all along for purpose. It was all along God's agenda. It was all along for the greater good of his kingdom. And I'm not in the camp that says that God's causing this. I don't, I don't believe that. He's a good father. He's a kind, loving Messiah who's closer than a brother. He's a friend. He's the prince of peace. He's the giver of all good things. He's the giver of life. So I, I'm not blaming him for this, but he uses it for good. And then no matter that valley, no matter that river, no matter what we go through, as we begin to trust the Lord, as it flows from the temple, as it flows from the throne of God, as it flows from God's heart, and we go all in, all of a sudden, when we get to the other side of this battle, when we get to the other side of this valley, when we get to the other side, all of a sudden, we begin to see the fruit that it bears. We begin to see the trees that are there, the beauty that's there, the life that's there. Now, a river is always meant to flow. Swamps don't flow. Swamps are, are dead lands. They're, they're like deserts. They're, they just do nothing, and, and nothing can grow there. And, and I want to I focus our attention here because there's some correlations here. And, and let me go to, to John 7, 37 through 39. You see, this river began to flow, and rivers are meant to flow, and river of God flows. And he says, whoever's thirsty, have him, have him drink from me. Listen, there is a river that flows from the throne room of heaven. There's a river, if you read in Revelation, it begins to confirm this. There's a river that flows from God. It's, it's, it's natural, it's physical, but it's also, um, a, a, it's this meaning in this spiritual realm too. It's this, it's this realm that we get to dive in here on earth. And we get to just say, woo, like going down those rapids or like going down that roller coaster. We get to throw our hands up and take this wild ride wherever it may take us. But we know in it, as we trust in the Lord and we have this purpose and we know there's fruit in it, we get to just enjoy the ride while the Lord takes care of everything else. James 1-2 puts it this way, count it all joy the trials you go through because it builds character, it builds faith, it builds perseverance. So sometimes it, it's hard. Sometimes it's, it's difficult to, to be caught up in that stream and not know where it's going. And at times we're trying to swim against the current. And at times we're trying to swim and get to the other side. The reality is, in, in what I know about swift water rescue and some of this, you actually swim and use the current to your advantage and you just try to get there. You may not be at the same spot you thought you were going to. You may be downstream a little bit, but you got there. And that's the key in some of this. It's, it's this realm. So John 7, 37 through 39, it says this. On this last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out. And Jesus says this. He says, anyone, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. As we drink from the Lord, as we put our trust in him, as we come in relationship and covenant and intimacy with the Lord, all of a sudden we get to live in this realm of abundant life flowing from the throne of heaven, flowing from God's heart and it being a river that flows with purpose. And it says, Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had yet not been glorified. 
So, so here we get to this thing, and, and I want to just talk on this for a minute. Rivers are meant to flow. Rivers have purpose. Rivers are, river, are, are significant and symbolic of freedom and life and healing, specifically this river. So then we get to John 19:34, and that's Jesus on the cross. And this is just this incredible picture near the end of his crucifixion, near the end of, of his life. It says this, one of the soldiers, however, pierced his side with a spear, and it says, and immediately blood and water flowed out. Now, this is symbolic. Out of our heart shall flow rivers of living water. Two times in Zechariah and Ezekiel, both these prophets are talking about the river that flows from the temple, that flows from the throne, that flows from God. Now, when Jesus fulfilled his assignment here on earth, and he, he all of a sudden died and was crucified for us, the soldiers poked him and they, they, they stabbed him with a spear. Many theologians feel that that actually pierced his heart. And the water that poured out actually came from the pericardial sac meaning it was blood and water that burst out and covering. Now that was symbolic and prophetic that his spirit and his blood were being poured out. From his heart flows this water and this, this gift and his blood of this Holy Spirit. And the same river flows from the throne that out of our hearts shall flow rivers of living water. Now I want to make this connection because then all of a sudden it says, as scripture has said, as we go to, to back to John 7, 38, it says, As the scripture has said, out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. What scripture? So I begin to research this, and, and there's no scripture reference. Many times, like, like in Acts 2, it says, The Spirit will be poured out on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters will prophesy. You know, all of this. And then we go back to Joel, and it's confirmed, as scripture said, I can't find this. So, so you use systematic theology and you use this approach to say, okay, what's it meaning? And the only thing I could find was back to Ezekiel 36 on what Nicole spoke on, connecting the river, connecting water to the spirit. So all of a sudden we go back to Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. And again, the river flows through the desert. And I'm gonna talk on that in just a second here as I begin to close. It says then, verse 25, Ezekiel 36, 25, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you, and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Nicole was speaking on this just a couple weeks ago, and this is the reference, I believe, and this is one of the only references I could find connecting this river out of your belly, out of your heart will show, shall flow rivers of living water connected to his spirit. Saying this and in verse 27, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Tying in last week with our, our pursuit, our heart of holiness, our heart of righteousness based on relationship, not rules and regulations. Right now, I've got to keep my heart pretty pure because I get frustrated by all the regulations by COVID-19 right now. I went to Menards yesterday, and I had to just get a couple quick things to work on the project I had to work on. And you get in there, and they have these big billboards up, and they will not let you in unless you have a mask. And I was frustrated. I didn't have a mask. So then you had to wait in this long line to pay a dollar for a mask. Now, thankfully, I met a really amazing dude there from Upper Room. Matt Buer and Carmen were there, and they bought me a mask. 
And I'm like, okay. And I was trying not to be rebellious and just like put it in my pocket and walk around because people were looking at me funny. But anyway, I'm getting tired of these rules and regulations, but my heart changes something to where I still honor. My heart is postured to the Lord, and what would Jesus do in this situation? What would, what would the Holy Spirit want me and, and convict me to do right now? It's not disobey or not be rebellious or not be dishonoring. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to agree with some of the things going on right now, but I have to honor. I have to submit to the authority of Jesus, and that is a heart that's postured to the Lord, and that is a fruit of holiness and righteousness and these things. I don't pursue holiness. I don't pursue righteousness. I pursue a God who loves me and births out of that love and that foundation. All these things come about. I like to think that I'm the same person on this stage as I am at work, as I am at home. And, and my conviction is that even at home, they get the best version of me. But they don't have a stage version of dad that's this hypocrite or that's this person that has a hard heart and gets off the stage and is totally different. I, I heard a story recently about a game show they have, and, and this famous game show, all of a sudden when the commercial break happens, um, they, can, they can be like talking and friendly, and then the commercial break happens, and boom, totally switch to he's a jerk. <laughs> and it's like, I don't want to be that guy. I, I want the, uh, my kids and my wife and the people that are closest to me to see the best version of me. I just want to overflow, and when I have a heart posture to him and seeking him, and I'm in his river, all of a sudden I begin to bubble up, and when I'm squeezed, hopefully good things pop out. I'm not perfect. Not all the time do good things pop out, but that's usually the alarm clocks that I pay attention to to correct my, my compass back to true north, true Jesus. So, so we get to this last verse here. I want to read verse 35, Ezekiel 36, and this will be the last thing. Maybe Adam could come play a guitar. Ezekiel 36, 35, and when I bring you back, people will say, this former wasteland is now like the Garden of Eden. The abandoned and ruined cities now have strong walls and are filled with people. See, there's something that happens when the river of God begins to flow into an area. Things begin to change and things come to life and cities come alive and they become cities on a hill. The economy begins to change. You know, vegetation begins to change. Livestock begins to change. We see this in the word. We see this all over the place. And um, there's this video series um, that I've seen. It's called the Transformation Series. And when these churches in different cities in Columbia and even into eastern Kentucky, there's Georgia. George Otis, Jones, or George Otis Jr., it's these transformation films. And these churches begin to have this conviction of the crime in their city or the division in their city or these areas. All of a sudden, they begin to gather together and they begin to pray. It's not about who goes and attends what church. It's not about what church is full or has more members or more money or a better building. It's about coming into unity, and it's about coming into the river of God, following and, fl and flowing with our purpose, your purpose. And all of a sudden, the, the, the vegetation, they had record-sized turnips and all these crazy things. In eastern Kentucky, elk began to reintegrate into the area, and all these crazy, miraculous, radical stories begin to happen just by us tuning in to the heart of the Father. I love that about the Miami County Zoom meeting that I had with the pastors this week. We're all just encouraging one another. We're rooting each other on. What do you need? Do you need prayer? We have the group of friends here in Tip City of, of pastors, and it's not about a congregation size or a building. It's about us connecting hearts that the kingdom can advance. 
You know, maybe you've been part of a church that's numbers-driven or money-driven or these things. That's never what church was meant to be. Church was never meant to be an organization or a business. Church is the family of God. And let me just tell you, that's really being tested right now through video services. Are we still a family? Are we still connected at the heart? Are we still a community? Are we still the bride? Are we still the body of Christ? And I'm, I'm thankful to say at least here at Upper Room, it really feels like that. It feels like we are. When we're squeezed, we actually get closer together. Let me just share one last story here. I was on an airplane a couple years ago, and uh, I occasionally get bored and read the Sky Miles or read the magazines that are in the, the pocket in front of you. I believe it was Delta. And um, I, what happened was I began to read this story about a desert. And this desert hadn't had rain. It hadn't had a water source in decades, if not more. I, I forget the details of the story, but the, the essential part was it hadn't had water. Nothing, no one had planted anything, no one, and, and somehow either they irrigated it or, or a rainstorm came, and, and either way there was water for the first time in decades, if not maybe history or whatever, in this desert area. And all of a sudden it became a wet area, and, and again, I forget how, but it showed pictures of the vegetation, it showed pictures of everything that came to life. Now again, Nobody planted anything. No one had planted seed or, or took plows out and worked the ground. Seeds were just dormant, whether they're for all of history or whether they're from birds or whatever. But all of a sudden, this, this area of desert and sand got rain or got water, and everything came to life. And there was these beautiful palm trees and these beautiful flowers and this beautiful picturesque scene of, of this literally like a big square. If you looked on a GPS kind of map, it was crazy. I, I feel this. Many of us, we have these seeds in us, and the only thing the Lord's asking us is just to get in the river. He's, he's taking this river that runs from the throne all the way to the desert, all the way into the valleys, all the way into the crevices of our hearts, our mindsets, our thoughts. He's wanting to transform us. And, and it goes on in Ezekiel 47 to say those trees bared fruit all the time. All the time, in all seasons, all year, all the time bearing fruit. One of our first live streams I preached, it was Palm Sunday, and, and I spoke on the fig tree that Jesus cursed out of season that it was to bear fruit. I'm just here to say that maybe some of us are in dead seasons. Maybe some of us have been through some really hard times. Maybe now, your past, your childhood, whatever that might be, I, I don't know. But the Lord, just like the dry bones, just like the river of healing, just like all the other stories in the Bible and Gideon and David, he's bringing dead things back to life. And he's using, a lot of times, the least likelies, the most impossible scenarios and people and situations you could ever imagine to do some of the greatest things. I'm one of them. Man, I, I didn't want to be a Christian, let alone a pastor. And he sometimes uses the least likelies, the zeros, and he turns them into heroes. He uses nobodies and makes them into somebodies. And I'm telling you, when you go all into the river, all of a sudden you come to the other side and you, you realize, wow, look at all this fruit. Look at these trees. Look at the throne. Look, look what the Lord's doing. Again, deserts, they don't, they don't bring life. He's not asking us to go to a swamp or a desert or stay in a valley. He's asking us to come up with him, to, to, to just jump in with him and to trust him and have faith in him. Also have an adventure and fun and freedom with him. It's the best life you could ever imagine. I feel the Lord's 
breathing on some things right now. I believe that he's wanting to do some things. So wherever you are, whether it's in this room, there's a few of us, or, or wherever you're watching from, maybe, maybe you're at work, maybe you're in a living room, maybe you're in a kitchen, maybe you're in a car. I saw on the post, somebody's at a park watching this, I think with their dog. I didn't know the name, but maybe their dog. The Lord's wanting to breathe on things. He's wanting to just take you right to the river. And this, this section of, of, of context in Scripture is called the river of healing. I believe he wants to heal some things today. Maybe he wants to heal the hardened hearts or the hardened areas of our hearts that Nicole spoke about. Maybe he's wanting to heal the areas that, that of holiness and, and maybe you pursued it or it's been you know, described to you the wrong way. Maybe he's wanting to heal church wounds that we've talked about the last couple weeks and those areas where you've been hurt or frustrated or angry with the church or what they or it's done to you. Maybe it's a physical healing. Maybe it's a, a mindset. Maybe there's an emotional healing. Maybe it's healing from trauma as a child. Maybe there's a disease or a diagnosis you're dealing with. Maybe it's a financial situation right now. Maybe it's, it's, it's looking like dry bones in your business that you own or your work or, or what that could look like in the next few weeks. I just wanna pray for you in every one of those areas. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's something with your children the very beginning of this, of this situation of the, the coronavirus, we began to declare that the Lord would use this as a season to bring prodigals back to the Father. That even nations, as the prodigal was in the hog pen, that he says he came to his senses. He came to himself, it says. And then he returned to the Father. That we as communities, regions, nations, states, government, leadership, whatever that is, that we will come to our senses, our divine nature, and come to ourselves and come to the knowledge and the goodness of God. I'd love to pray for you right now, and I know that the Lord has no limit on what he can do, whether small or big, but I want to go all in. I don't want to just settle for ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep. I want to go all in. So wherever you're at, whatever that situation is, I'm gonna contend with you. I'm gonna intercede with you right now. I'm gonna pray for you. If that's a thing in your body, just put a hand on it. You know, maybe it's diabetes. Just, just put a hand on your pancreas or maybe it's a heart issue. Maybe it's a mindset. Whatever that is, I believe this, that the Lord wants to pour out his spirit on all flesh. I can't wait for Pentecost Sunday in a few weeks and we're gonna talk about Holy Spirit and we're gonna talk about the gifts of the spirit and his outpouring of his spirit. This is just a taste of the river that comes from the throne and his spirit is a promise. So Lord, I just thank you for who's tuned in today. I thank you for who's watching and who's gonna watch throughout the next week. God, we thank you that your river flows from your throne, that it flows and it, and it reaches dead places. It reaches desert places. It reaches places that need life, God. It's a, it's a river of faith. It's a river of healing. It's a river of freedom. And we thank you that in relationship with you, as we connect our heart to yours, out of our heart shall flow rivers of living water. We were meant to be on this earth for purpose. And we thank you, Jesus, that we're not just supposed to be alive, but we're not supposed to just live life, but life abundantly. That, Lord, we can come to life like the dry bones and have purpose and become an army to advance your kingdom and, and show your light and show your love and represent, represent, represent you well your true loving nature, your true powerful nature, your healing nature, your saving nature. Lord, I thank you in every area right now that where there's a need, I pray your intervention. I pray for miracles, signs, and wonders. I pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, just, just go. 
Heal finances, heal relationships, heal broken relationships, heal marriages, heal homes, heal jobs, heal disease, heal pain right now in Jesus' name. We thank you that you were broken so we could be whole and we can just jump in your river and have fun and have an adventure with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear if you were healed or if you felt something or, or maybe the Lord gave you a revelation or maybe he impacted you today or through this live stream. We'd love to see the comments. And, and also, if you have any other prayer requests, we'd love to pray for you. We have people watching there right now on all the streams that will pray for you. We have a prayer team that goes back and we review those comments and we pray for those prayer needs. So if you have any need, just make a comment right now and we'd love to pray for you. Also, uh, one last thing. And I'd love to invite you into the greatest relationship. Maybe you're watching and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I just want to uh, just invite you into the greatest relationship in eternity, in the world, ever. That God loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you, to pay a ransom for you. That if you believe in him and accept him in your heart, you'll have eternal life forever. And life in eternity, but also abundant life here on earth. So we invite you into that. And if you've accepted that gift and you, you just pray right now, I just want to lead you into a short prayer. And then if you've accepted Jesus, just make a comment on there or, or notify us. We'd love to get with you, call you or message you and just lead you into the next steps. And we can't wait to open church back up and have baptisms here. And, and uh, we just want to invite you in on the greatest relationship. So Lord, we're just all going to say this wherever you are. Lord, I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for dying on a cross for me. I thank you for paying a price for me, for my mistakes, for my sin, for my wrong choices. I accept that forgiveness today and I receive you into my heart. And I wanna live for you forever. You've died for me, I wanna live for you. I receive you and I receive the grace of forgiveness right now, and I receive you as Lord, Savior, and Messiah. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've rededicated your life or just said that for the first time, we'd love to hear about it and connect with you. We're going to ask Leah and Robert to come up. Um, Leah helps with some of our prayer team. They're also the ones behind the scenes that uh, for the last few weeks and the next upcoming weeks, obviously, have been cleaning our church. And uh, they are just servants at heart, and they disinfect. And while they clean, they pray, and they cover this place. They cover you. They pray for you. And uh, honestly, they are some of the most amazing people I know. And uh, she happens to be my sister and my brother-in-law, and uh, we just love you. But they're going to lead you in communion. So as they get ready to take over here and close out the service, um, we do want to invite you again Tuesday night, our prayer and worship night, 630 on live stream. Uh, but get your communion out, whatever it is. Maybe it's coffee, cookies, or, or whatever. That could be symbolic. Uh, but we love you. God bless you. Um, as we take communion today, it's not just something that we do, but it's a time to celebrate what was already done for us. And whatever you have right now, we'll just give you a second to get ready. Whatever you're going to use in your home, 
but communion celebrates the gospel. Jesus was broken for us so that we can be fixed by him. Celebrating communion marks the story of Jesus, how he gave himself completely to give us a better life, a new start, and a fresh relationship. 1 Peter 3 and 18. And I know right now that fresh relationship looks different to all of us. I know what you're even doing in your homes right now and the needs are so different. It's such a time as this. And I just believe today as we take communion, what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago, that your need has already been met. His reward is for you. He is good. His love, we celebrate. Each time that we do communion, we get to celebrate what he has done and the price that he has paid. And that your needs right now as we take this, I just speak life and I just speak abundance and I just speak love into each and every one of your homes and just complete just healing in the completeness as you uh, take your bread and just uh, just hang on to that and come to understand what the, what the bread truly represents it's Christ's body he sacrificed his body for each and every one of us on the cross his hands were pierced his feet were pierced I break off the spirit of fear, the fear of disease, the fear of an uncertain future. You know, many out, uh, many out there watching, you have an uncertain future, but you know what? You stay grounded in, in Christ's sacrifice, and your life will be made better. So as you take the bread, Father God, bless this bread as we take it into our bodies. And as you take this symbolic act, Declare victory over your circumstance. And just as we take the bread, we now take the wine or whatever you have, the juice that represents his blood, that it's relevant, it speaks a better word, it speaks hope, it speaks joy, it speaks freedom, it speaks healing. And it is finished. Whatever it is that we're seeking, that his word speaks, his blood speaks a better word. And we just take this wine and we just say, what was done 2,000 years ago is for us right in this minute. Right in this minute so that he gets his full, full reward. It is well. In Jesus' name. We just thank you for joining us today and as pastor aaron said we just remind you about all the upcoming things the children's ministry on wednesday morning at 9 a.m the children's ministry on friday morning at noon and the weekly gathering with pastor aaron and nicole on wednesday evening on live stream